pray together. Gracious Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We pray this morning that as we come before it, you would dwell within it and speak to us through it. We pray for Helen as she reads it to us, for Ruth as she speaks from it. Lord, would you speak particularly through and to Ruth this morning, that she would uh, enable us to see more of you at work in your word. Holy Spirit, would you come and meet with us in this place and prompt us on the things we need to hear and know this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The readings this morning, <coughs> excuse me, I think it's wearing that mask uh, all the time. Uh, the readings this morning uh, focus on the gift of, of children. The first reading can be found on Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and can be found on page 693 of your church Bibles. That's Isaiah 6, uh, found on page, Isaiah 9, verse 6 found on page nine, uh, 693 of your church Bibles, excuse me, uh, so this morning. For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And our second reading is taken from Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. That can be paid, found on page 1014 of the Church Bibles. That's Mark 10, verses 13 to 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. As you can see, we're um, letting Adam be broken in gently as he comes and is with the rest of us here in church. Now, I don't want to shock you. You may be surprised, but one of the programs I've been enjoying recently is I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> and I don't know if any of you have been watching it, but there's been one particular chap a so-called celebrity, I don't know most of them, but anyway, he has been really, really frightened with the trials that he has been set to. 
So he would get into these dungeons and um, little small places and be covered with spiders and insects and snakes. And he would just say, happy place, happy place, happy place, as he had to do all the things that he was meant to do to win stars to get food for the rest of the team. And it made me think, where is your happy place? Perhaps, um, as we'll see on the screen, it might be a lovely tropical beach. Most of us have hadn't had any holidays this year, and you might think, oh, I just won't need to go to that beach. I need to go and relax and have the sun shine on me and see the blue sky. Or maybe for some of the others, it's more like going out into the countryside and having a lovely walk amongst the trees. You can feel relaxed and enjoyment there. Or maybe even um, at this time of the year, your happiness is going to be the place where you might be able to be at Christmas with family and friends around the Christmas dinner table. So let's pick that thought for a minute. Throughout Advent, we have been looking at different names that Isaiah has written about Jesus. We read it, Helen read it to us there in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And today, we're talking about everlasting Father. So that story in Mark, when Jesus was there with the disciples and parents were bringing their children to be blessed by Jesus, just made me think about myself and how important it is for us as parents to bring our children, if we have any, to bring them and to be introduced to Jesus, to bring them to be blessed by him. What a privilege that is, and I was very privileged to have a father myself who every night and morning would be on his knees praying for me and my brothers. But as a church, we have the responsibility and privilege of seeing the children in church coming to Jesus, being introduced to Jesus, being blessed by Jesus, and we have that privilege of seeing them grow up in their faith. It's such a joy to be able to do that, and I pray that we will always be able to help Dom and, and Pray for Dom and his team as they do that with our children. That we ourselves will get to and have a relationship with the children in church as we together can come to worship Jesus. We often think of Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior, as our friend. But this story reminds us that when we come to him, we are adopted into his family and we too need to be like little Jesus, like little children, that we have to be open and trusting 
and learn to depend on him. He is our Father who loves and cares for us. And in the story, it says that Jesus was indignant, or as some translators say, he was very much displeased when the people stopped the children coming to be blessed. See, Jesus is open to all who come to him. Let's not forget, Jesus came for the world. As it tells us in John chapter 3, verse 16, that well-known verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God the Father sent the Son for the world for whoever believes that all can be saved through him. But thinking about the disciples sort of challenged me a little bit to, do I hinder people coming to Jesus? Perhaps some of my words, some of my attitudes stop people wanting to know about our loving Jesus. And also, as a church, we must always be constantly revising how we interact with our community, how we want to bring the light of Jesus and the love of Jesus and never stop anybody coming to know him. So when we to that Isaiah page, in that uh, vision for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But the literal translation of that everlasting father is actually father of eternity. This child in Isaiah's vision isn't just a human babe who is going to be called father, as often the kings were in those days. This child is going to be the Messiah who will be a father to his people eternally, and he will rule over them with justice. If you read chapter 7 of Isaiah chapter 9, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Psalm 145 verse 13 says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. This babe is the father of eternity. I don't know about you, but Usually, at when the carol service is over Christmas, one of my favorite parts is when somebody stands up 
and starts to read John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made that has been made. Jesus was there in Genesis chapter 1. God, plural, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the world was made. Jesus was there in Genesis chapter 1 verse 16 when he made the stars. Did you know that our galaxy, the Milky Way, in our galaxy there are approximately 100 billion stars. And as far as we know, there are 100 billion galaxies. And this is likely to increase as technology gets um, more wise and, and more intelligent and we can find out more of what goes on. So it means that there could be 100 billion trillion stars. As Psalm 147 says, and he determines the number of stars and calls them by name. How wonderful is that? Jesus, the Father of eternity, made all those stars and he calls them by name. The Father of eternity who has always been and always will be. This Messiah is outside our time, understanding of time. And yet, he broke into this world to be born as a helpless babe all those years ago. There's that lovely Greg Hendrick song that says, from heaven you entered our world, your veil. And it goes on to talk about hands that flowers into space, yet to cruel nails surrendered. A couple of years ago, I might say that I was a bit indignant and a bit incensed by uh, watching Alexander Armstrong on the BBC Pointless. Now, you might think, what on earth could you have to say against Alexander Armstrong? But one of the questions he asked, talking about different dates and history, started to use the terminologies of um, BE and BCE or CE or BCE, and I had to actually go and look this up, and it meant before common era, and then we are in era. Instead of talking about BC and AD, before Christ, Anno Domini, um, as, as we usually speak about dates and history. So I, I sent them an email to complain, because how can we take Jesus of history? How can the BBC claim to be politically correct? How can the journalists and the authors and the governments change what we've always known 
and take Jesus out of it all. But we know that Jesus can't be taken out of it all. It is Jesus that the whole of history revolves around. It tells us in the last chapter of the Bible, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And on the 25th of December, that date that the Christian church in the third century decided we'd celebrate that day when this father of eternity zoomed into this world and was born as a child. What a day for us to celebrate and the joy that we have. But what difference does that babe make to us today? For some of you, it'd be hard to relate to Jesus as a father, especially if you haven't had a good relationship with your own father. But this babe is perfect. This babe is much greater, more wonderful, full of wisdom. That wonderful counselor that Adam talked about a couple of weeks ago. This babe is the mighty God who brings hope and joy and love, as Neil reminded us about last week. This babe is the father of eternity who loves each one of us so much to be born in stable, to live a perfect human life and to die on the cross for you and me. This babe knows my past, my present, my future. We've been singing about the goodness of God following us. Sometimes we sing that lovely song, our God is a great big God and he holds us in his hands. And this is my happy place. This is the place where I can come to where I can feel loved and secured, where I can be accepted, I can be forgiven. This is a place where I can go and I can hand over my worries and concerns. It's a place where I'm not alone. No one ever said the Christian life was free from ills or hardships or pain. We're not immune from sickness and disease or redundancy or sadness, but we do have a God who holds us in the palm of his hands. We do have a God, the Father of eternity, who is with us forevermore. There's a lovely verse in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. I am he who sustain you, will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. So during these weeks of Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, let us take some time out from our busy schedule. Let us come to our lasting Father, to the Father of eternity, to wonder at the marvel of this mighty God who impacted the history of the world. Amen. <laughs>